What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Gear 30 on the Blister Podcast Network. I'm Jonathan Ellsworth, and you can check out everything we're doing and reviewing over at blisterreview.com. Today, we've got Dr. Sean Humbert back on Gear 30 to give us an update about what he and his team have been working on at Blister Labs, and that leads us into a conversation about artificial intelligence, machine learning, and ski recommendation engines. Now, you might have noticed we have never had on Blister a ski recommendation engine where you just punch in a bit about how tall you are or how much you weigh or if you're a conservative or aggressive skier or blah 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 and then some ski recommendations are just spit back out at you. And we're going to talk in this conversation about why we've never done that. And frankly, why we don't believe in them for the time being and what might make us actually change our tune on that front. And then at our upcoming Blister Summit, we are going to have a Blister Labs panel session. So what I would advise here is that you listen to this conversation and then come to the Blister Summit armed with some questions for Sean or me or our whole Blister Labs crew because we intend to provide some updates at that Blister Labs panel session, but also hear from you and get some questions, concerns, ideas, pushback, whatever, both from industry people that will be in attendance, but also from you, you know, passionate skiers. So we will include a link in the show notes of this episode to the Blister Summit information and registration page. If you don't already know what this thing is by now, folks, I'm not really sure what to tell you, but I do also know that if somehow you haven't signed up yet, stop making that mistake, get yourself registered. The mountain conditions are phenomenal right now in Crested Butte. So come ski with us. Come chop it up about Blister Labs. Come meet a bunch of folks in the industry. Go ski with Hoji and also catch Hoji on some panel sessions where we certainly will be having some gear dork fests on that front and more. This episode of Gear 30 is presented by our Blister recommended shop, Outdoor Gear Exchange, which is located in beautiful Burlington, Vermont. And recently, I had a conversation right here on Gear 30 with Outdoor Gear Exchange employee number one and now owner, Mike Donahue. And I would encourage you to give Outdoor Gear Exchange a follow on the social medias. It's Outdoor Gear Exchange, all spelled out, where their staff members will fill you in on things like their own backcountry skiing setups, and answer your questions about how to get started in a new sport. So check them out on social or on the internet at gearx.com, or even better, next time you're in the Burlington area, head on into Outdoor Gear Exchange, and you will see for yourself why we love this shop and why it is a blister-recommended shop. And now, let's get to my conversation with Dr. Sean Humbert. Here we go. Well, Sean, it is great to have you back on Gear 30. 
I'm looking forward to catching up with you on a bit of a Blister Labs update. And um, how the hell are you? <laughs> Busy now that the semester started, <laughs> um, but really excited. Um, looking forward to Blister Summit. Looking mm. forward to catching up with you all when we kind of get out there. Um, looking forward to catching up today about what we've been doing. Yeah, uh, me too. We just went through a little bit of a kind of pre-conversation and uh, I'm all excited all over again. So um, this is this is going to be a cool one. Maybe we should just say um, for people who have not yet listened to a couple of the past Blister Labs Gear 30 conversations that you and I have had, let's just give folks a fairly quick summary I know that's hard for you because you've led a pretty interesting life, but give people a bit of a quick summary of your background and what you're up to today. Sure. Yeah. So professor of mechanical engineering, uh, avid outdoors person, uh, skiing, mountain biking, dirt biking, you name it. Um, really excited with this new uh, collaboration with Blister to start bring some of the engineering knowledge that I've been developing throughout my career to some of the outdoor activities I enjoy. Hmm. Um, so that's kind of the basis for all this stuff. And it kind of coalesced at Western last year. Hmm. I was out there to teach a course and to help that program get stood up. And Jenny and Greg are doing just a wonderful yeah. job out there with all the kids and everything in that program. And so um, me too, Jonathan, just super excited about all this. Hmm. So our last conversation, I believe we did with Tumas Loxo from DPS, right? And this is where we got into a little bit of this uh, this thing that it's a thing that I'm certainly obsessed with. And one of the things I like about you is you're pretty obsessed about it too, is just the real world applicability of this fancy engineering stuff that we're going to be talking about in a minute here and that we've been talking about. And, you know, Tumas as a manufacturer, you know, I thought was able to provide a bit of a different perspective and push back a bit and share some concerns and worries about where engineering can actually end up leading us astray as opposed to helping us find more accurate solutions or accurate recommendations. And I have all the time in the world for those conversations <laughs> all the time. So that's kind of where we were last time. But I think what we'll do today is maybe just have you give us a bit of an update on where we are with the specific ski testing. Yeah, Jonathan. So uh, I really enjoyed the, the conversation with Tumas as well. And it actually led us in some different directions that we've been pursuing recently. And so what I'd like to do is just give you a quick update on that. Yeah. Um, and so just to provide some context here, you know, Blister, you know, you all are trying to get your members in the right gear, right? So they can maximize their their enjoyment on the slopes or on the trail or whatever it might be. And, you know, it's very qualitative at this point, you know, but, you know, you guys take a ski and through three or four reviewers, you'll put 15 days on that and write mm -hmm. this long, lengthy review. And so the whole question we've been trying to answer and kind of examine is, can we add some quantitative aspects to those reviews? And will it even help? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, and then, you know, there's the review side, there's also the product design too. And that's, that's kind of where the conversation with Tomas went. Yep. Um, and so let me just kind of, you know, give you an update. And so this, this first year, we, you know, kind of, you know, there's two ways to think about this. You know, you can do measurements and you do modeling. And so we, we push forward on both of those fronts. So on the measurement side, uh, this is, you know, in lab stuff where we're measuring stiffnesses of skis and things. Um, but more importantly, it's in field measurements. And one of my graduate students, Leo Buchan, and I uh, developed a, a distributed sensor system we can slap on any ski you want, and we can go get these in field measurements. Right. So this is kind of a, a new area. 
Um, and I'm thinking, you know, we may even want to potentially do a live demo um, at the Blister Summit. Yep. You know, we'll, we'll have the ski there. You can kind of bend it and torque and you kind of see what, what the data is coming off the ski looks look like. Um, the second part's the modeling. And so for the first year, you know, as an engineer, I kind of took the traditional approach. Let's, you know, let's write down all the first principles stuff. And I'm not going to get into the weeds here, but, um, you know, that, that those sort of tools are kind of readily available. And the one tool we hadn't looked at, and I really hadn't considered it until after the conversation with Tomas, was sort of the artificial intelligence, AI, or machine learning uh, types of algorithms. Now, these can provide some really interesting insights into complex problems, right? If you're trying to figure out some really complex relationship between some fairly simple inputs and outputs, that's where these kind of algorithms can really help. Right. So I think, you know, after writing down all the first principles stuff and looking at sort of the traditional engineering, I just really felt that there was a large gap there between that and say a quality, you know, adding some interesting stuff to like a qualitative review. Mm -hmm. I just feel like we're kind of stumbling around in a dark room, hoping to trip over something. Mm -hmm. And that's really not the way to go. So these AI type algorithms can help you explore that space, help you uncover areas where there's some really interesting relationships. Um, and so that's kind of where we're going. So again, the conclusion after the first year is like, there's still, you know, even though we've done a lot of math and we've done a lot of analysis and things, and we've got a lot of cool data, we're still pretty far from, you know, being able to add something significant to the reviews. And so what we're doing now is we're, we're setting up sort of, you know, again, this AI ML stuff. And I, I don't know, you know, in the audience who, who's well-versed on that or not. Um, and, you know, maybe you want to, you know, kind of chime in here too, Jonathan, like what, what would be of interest to your readers in this area? Okay. Um, well, artificial intelligence and machine learning, maybe the most important thing happening in, I don't know, modern civilization at the moment, a, certainly a hot topic. So talk a bit more about what you're thinking about or, and how you're thinking about that application into, well, ski testing. Sure. So, you know, I've got a lot of experience with these type of algorithms. So as you know, I build autonomous robots to go explore subterranean caverns and spaces and things. And so if I was going to create an analogous problem um, for the skis and the types of analysis that we're trying to do there. Um, so our robots needed to understand terrain and what types of terrain they could navigate and negotiate. And so we had to, to build up these algorithms to do things like that. So for instance, um, you know, the legged robots are really good at this sort of like rocky kind of unstable terrain, whereas the wheeled robots would just be, or tracked would just be really terrible at that. And so the way you train like a machine learning algorithm to help that robot make a determination on kind of what terrain it's able to negotiate. So you just run it over lots of terrain, you know, and, and see what it does. And so there's some human interaction in some of these algorithms you label and say, okay, hey, this is a great run or, you know, stay away from this at all costs, right? So you have to train these networks up. And then, you know, once you have a trained network, a robot can go into a, a novel cavern or something, see the terrain and make a determination whether it can navigate it or not. And so that actually is, is very analogous to what we're trying to do with the skis. So, you know, for the first time, we've got this in-field uh, data, in-field measurements as we're skiing. But, you know, we have your professional reviewers also providing a qualitative analysis of what that run was like or what that pair of skis was like in those conditions. So this is exactly the kind of data we can train a neural network. And ideally, we'd like these networks to be able to classify these skis, not so much in the broad categories like, you know, hard charger or front side groomer, these kind of things, but more the categories within the categories, what we're interested in. So, you know, if you want a touring ski, 
um, that doesn't shatter on the front side. Again, that's that's like a subclass of ski, right? And I think we're going to be able to, through the the infield data, the actual dynamic data we're taking, uh, we'll be able to kind of to, to peel off some of these really interesting relationships. So that's where we're going with this. And so um, right now, I think you know, one of the major conversations we'll have at the Blister Summit is to take a look at, hey, what's you know, we've got plenty of of, of sensors now. What what skis do you want in- instrumented? You know, who should we be getting out taking this data? Um, and what kind of what kind of things we're going to be going after. Now, once we start to peel off and kind of you know, discern some of those really interesting areas, that's where we can bring the more technical modeling back in mm-hmm. and try to understand, you know, like, oh, okay, what's well, a stiffness? You know, this is primarily a stiffness thing here, right? Or maybe it's like a, a ski geometry aspect that's really driving sort of that behavior and, and that interpretation of your reviewers, right? So that's where we're going with this. And I'm, I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about this at the summit, um, you know, in our panel. Um, and like I said, you know, we'll have a, a, a little live demo there probably with our ski. So folks come up and kind of twist it and, you know, again, kind of look at some of the data we're getting. But this is exactly where these AI and ML type algorithms can really provide some insight. By the way, maybe also worth mentioning, we're not aware of anybody else who's doing this, right? I think. I, I, yeah, so I think there's a yeah, there's a couple novel aspects to it. Uh, so one is having the actual infield data. So we've got you know ten stations along the ski where we're getting um, you know angular velocity uh, acceleration, like three axes, both of those. And then we can, you know, through our filtering algorithms, integrate those up to get deflections and deformations and things. So, you know, we're getting over a hundred pieces of information every time instant on that ski. So we're really measuring its response in conditions as we're skiing it. Right. So that's the data we have um, that I, I don't think many people have or even thought about doing. There's been some laboratory experiments and and things where they've tried to kind of characterize some of this, but you know, we actually have true in-field data, which is amazing. Now we're going to combine that with the expert intuition of all your gear reviewers, right? You know, they've been skiing these skiing, you know, they understand things like chattering at high speed. Um, you know, it pops on the return, you know, it finishes with precision. Like these are the kind of things we're going to be able to combine with this data. And then we can also, you know, put in static, uh, kind of, you know, uh, stiffness measurements, uh, ski geometry, like we can pump all this into here. And again, it's the first time I think anybody's had this quality of data, as well as this quality of labeling and classification of the training data too. Um, as I mentioned uh, in our previous conversation, you know, these AI, like ML kind of neural network algorithms, it's garbage in, garbage out, right? Yep. So if you're not providing it with good training data, like you're just not going to get anything out of these things. Um, so for the first time, I think we've got some really quality data plus some really accurate, intuitive ways to label the behaviors that we're trying to capture here. Perfect for these AI ML kind of algorithms. Hmm. Now, again, (laughs) for somebody who hears all that and says, okay, well, that sounds pretty fancy and sophisticated, but why should I actually care, right? And this comes back to the thing that I continue to be primarily focused on and obsessed with in terms of the number one goal we have at Blister. It's what we started the company to do, and it's what we're still trying to do, just always trying to do it better and better. And that is to see what instruments out there we can use to help skiers and mountain bikers and passionate outdoors people get linked up 
to the very expensive equipment that will help them at that sport, help them improve as a safe skier, or just help them enjoy the sport more. So we're still, in a word, looking for accuracy in terms of our testing, but also in terms of our recommendations. And this is kind of where I want to go next then, is talk a bit about ski recommendations and ski recommendation engines, right? Now, for years at Blister, we have been asked by people like, hey, why don't you guys just come out, right, with one of these things where I just punch in my weight and what level of skier I am and how aggressive I would say I am. And, you know, it'll just spit back the right ski for me uh, or the right three or four things that I should be looking at. And the reason that we have never gone down this road is because I do not believe that we are actually close currently to be able to get that shortcut of a ski recommendation engine and have it spit back anything that is remotely as accurate as having a you know somebody reading a 10,000 word review and or interacting going back and forth exchanging a few emails uh, at the personal level with me or one of our ski testers or bike reviewers etc so that's why we've never done it and to be very frank that's why i still think most of the ski recommendation engines out there and by most i'm just trying to be charitable here i mostly think all ski recommendations out there these are just not closely accurate enough for us to ever touch something like that, right? So it's one thing to talk about, hey, we've got a ski recommendation engine, great. But as you just said, garbage in, garbage out. Or if these things aren't sophisticated enough, it's not ultimately valuable. It's in fact misleading, which is the whole point at Blister to try to help people you know, offer more accurate advice and recommendations, not mislead them. So all that said, I think what you're laying out, and this is what we are certainly thinking about at Blister, is it's very possible that as artificial intelligence and machine learning advances, I don't think a ski recommendation engine is forever a misleading instrument. I don't think the tech is there yet. That could change. Maybe in a year, maybe in five years, maybe in 10 years. I'm going to stop talking. What are your thoughts about some of what I've just said? Yeah, no, really interesting points, Jonathan. And I agree with you. I, I just, there's so many variables. It's hard to punch in a, a weight and a, a skier aggressiveness and come up with something reasonable, right? So what we're trying to do is help to lay the foundation for potentially connecting those kind of things. And, and I'll just be very specific here. The kind of data that we're going to be training our neural network with is in-field you know, 600 hertz, 600 times a second, we're getting 100 measurements across the skis. Like, like, you know, that chattering on the front side, like we're going to be able to capture that. Like that dynamic phenomena is going to go into the training of the network, right? Whereas I think that the engines that exist now are based off sort of, you know, very high level kind of qualitative reviews um, that just get synthesized, right? Um, they're not using actual measurements in field um, that the ski, like it's, it's not using and, and not taking to account the dynamics of the ski. Right. And again, this is the big question, right? Like Tomas and, and I, and we all just kind of had this conversation. It's like, you know, 
can you just go measure a stiffness profile and you're done? No. Right. Does that tell you everything? Nope. I, I'll tell you right now, like that, the chattering and, and the style and the, the, the level of chattering stiffness plays a role there, but there's a lot of other, you know, it's the, uh, the ski geometry and how the ski is engaged with the terrain. There's so many other things that just too difficult to model. And that's why the, the accurate and, you know, intense data that we're going to be collecting and pushing through this will improve the quality here. Mm -hmm. That's the hope, right? Mm -hmm. So again, maybe as you just take a stiffness profile, you're done. Who knows? Like, I don't believe that, mm -hmm. right? I believe the dynamic phenomena, because, you know, because you're reviewers, you're writing up these reviews, your, your brain and your body is experiencing that dynamic phenomena and you're translating it into this qualitative review. Like, hey, that's easy to slarve around. Yeah. That's a dynamic phenomena that yeah. is actually happening. So now we're going to be able to measure that combine it with that intuition from the folks in your group that are doing these reviews, like that's where we're going to get the the benefit, right? That's where we're going to get the order one improvement over this sort of stuff, right? So that's why I think uh, this approach is really interesting and we're, we're pretty excited about it. Well, it's very cool, very exciting and, you know, hard. Again, this stuff is hard and takes a lot of smart people and a lot of time. And I think that's why I still get pretty frustrated when like people roll out, like check out our ski recommendation engine. And it's like, that's easy to do poorly. I think it's really, really hard to do well and to actually have that be a true service to people. So anyway, to that end, I want to just tease something. We're also kind of independently working on a whole nother thing that we think will ultimately have a very tangible and useful effect in terms of just amassing more information to give the end user more meaningful data to try to make a decision off of. Um, and I'm afraid I'm going to be kind of cryptic about it at the moment. We are going to be kind of announcing this and introducing this at our Blister Summit in our Blister Labs panel session there. But I just want to make sure that people, one, in this conversation, understand the work that you're chipping away at, you know, in what we've just outlined. But we have some pretty different approaches that we're going to be rolling out on, on Blister soon. And so I actually really like that none of us have this kind of, um, I don't know, monolithic or religious attachment to a single particular that's going to be the end-all, be-all solution, right? When it comes to, again, the goal of just putting out more accurate information. And um, I think that's pretty important because that's another thing. God, I'm always bashing on engineering. I don't, I don't mean to, I apologize. <laughs> but I just think sometimes it's easy to get caught up with a single approach and the idea that this is going to be the thing that unlocks all the mysteries of the universe. And what I'm really proud of is we've got you and your team doing high level work and exploring these avenues that you've just talked about. Well, we're simultaneously doing very different work that I think will eventually kind of have the potential to come together. But um, we're not taking a put all our eggs in one basket type of approach to this. 
Well, you know, what I've talked about, uh, those algorithms are very flexible. And so we can bring in any type of data. We can, you know, combine it with all sorts of stuff. So I think um, everything you guys are doing on that front is compatible mm-hmm. uh, with everything that we've laid out here today. Yep. Um, so and hopefully I, I'm looking forward to potentially merging these branches mm-hmm. at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe that is the one thing that produces the the engine that actually gets some reasonable results. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's very cool stuff, Sean. And again, I mean, we've said this, I'm sorry, I probably say it in most of these Blister Labs episodes, but this has just been such an exciting and fun project. And when I say project, we have a lot of different projects happening simultaneously, but you know, whether it's the update with Greg Vanderbeek or Lauren Cooper on technical apparel, Greg on more the the wheel set side of things, it's just really fun to try to keep up with high level people who we all enjoy and who are all passionate about this outdoor stuff. So I'll just once again, um, I guess, use this opportunity to say what a what a pleasure it's been so far. Absolutely. And I same here. Uh, it's been I really appreciate you and your team for allowing me to engage like this. I've, mm-hmm. I've, I've been wanting to for many years, <laughs> we've had many conversations about so. Always excited. Really looking forward to the summit. Yeah. Um, can't wait to in- interact with you all and uh, and all the attendees too. Yeah, absolutely. And for folks who are coming to the summit, do yourself a favor. Uh, we'll we'll introduce the Blister Labs team probably in the welcome session. And uh, but you want to get to know these folks. And same for all the industry people. We've got a hell of a lot of the industry showing up to the summit. And uh, you folks would. Uh, be wise to um, get to meet Sean and Greg and Jenny and Lauren and, you know, some of the other players uh, on this Blister Labs project. So um, yeah, Blister Summit, February 12th through the 16th, man. It's coming up fast. Looking forward to it. Um, Switching gears, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, On Gear 30, we started doing this crashes and close calls segment. And we're kind of doing it, one, because it's fun and interesting, but two, it's a bit of a public service announcement. Uh, We have this new Blister Plus Spot uh, membership thing where people who either have a high deductible on their insurance, like me, or for our friends who don't have any insurance, this is an inexpensive way to go get coverage uh, and have your high deductible either paid for entirely or if you are rolling with no insurance which we do not recommend well our blister plus spot coverage will at least give you $25,000 worth of accident coverage per incident every 12 months so we're proud of this system it took a long time to put in place uh if you aren't quite sure what we're talking about here, we'll include a link to this in the show notes of this episode, uh, this Blister Plus Spot membership. But with all that said, Sean, you spend a lot of time playing outdoors. Would you be willing to share with us a crash story or close call story from your own life? <laughs> Absolutely. Um yeah, so quite honestly, I've been doing all this stuff, you know, again, skiing for 45 years plus. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, like I, I had a really crazy, like, you know, interabdominal injury. Just I was just hitting some nice moguls of Dale. And I just, it was the first run of the season. 
And no. I just first you know, I, run I of just the season injury. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I just hit it. Yeah. So I've been rehabbing right now. Um, but I also tweaked it a bit dirt biking over the summer too. So <laughs> there's all that stuff. So the intercostal muscle injury caused on first run mogul skiing. So no, no horrific yeah. accident, no horrific, no horrific accident. Ac- you know, you know, I've just been really lucky. Like, you know, I, I used to do a lot of like, like park and pipe stuff, you know, and I, I don't know. I, I think once I got to 40, I just stopped doing all the the twists and the flips and everything. Although Travis Hainsworth, though, we, we went out skiing, he and Jenny and I and a couple other people, you know, he's doing 360s off anything he can get his skis around, you know, so I, don't know, I, I just, I just stopped that after a while. I need to talk to Travis because in the Blister Labs episode that I did with Travis, we were talking that we needed to get him this Blister Plus spot insurance. And I've been so busy. I don't <laughs> know actually if Travis has that yet. So this is a good this is a good yeah. prompt. We also need to get him, I yep. mean, a big topic of conversation. He's still, I take it, skiing his tech binding in bounds and throwing a bunch of 360s. Yep. These are not yep. <laughs> these are not wise decisions. Yeah, these are sure. not these are not wise decisions. So okay. I I, I, I appreciate That's you fun. I appreciate you bringing up Travis. I I'm gonna check back in with him and we need to get him right. As right as we can get Travis. Sounds good. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, um cool. thanks for taking the time and thanks for the update. If I don't somehow see you before the summit. I very much looking forward to seeing you there and having the whole summit crew uh, get to meet you, go ski with you, etc. And um, uh, but I appreciate the update today and um, come hang out with all of our blister reviewers and uh, the whole blister labs faculty too at our summit, folks. So wonderful, Jonathan. Looking forward to it. All right, man. Talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. All right, well, it is now time for our weekly What We're Celebrating segment, and it is currently 1 a.m. Friday morning, Central European time, and I am recording this in a hotel room in Austria. Um, I've been in Austria since Monday, and it has been a remarkable trip on a number of different fronts. So I think I'm going to single out maybe just three things here that I am very thankful for and that I would like to celebrate. So let's see. For one, I got to go to one of the largest, loudest, craziest European ski races called the Night Race at Schladming. And I got to go with Darren Rolves. And let me just say, if you ever have the chance to go to a race with like 50,000 people there with Darren Rolves, who is sort of this American hero in Austria because he has won the Hanenkam in Kitzbühel, well, that is effectively like walking around with a rock star who happens to be a very humble and very cool person. And so, yeah, tooling around with Darren at Schladming. That definitely goes in the books as a pretty fantastic lifetime experience. Now, second thing, on Wednesday, we recorded another Blister Happy Hour live stream. And Matt Manzer was on from Atomic. We had Tom Petrowski from K2 Ski Boots on. 
and Christoph Lentz from Fisher. And as any self-respecting Gear 30 listener knows, there's been this big announcement about BOA on ski boots. And honestly, I truly think we had on Wednesday night on the Blister Happy Hour, one of the most important conversations about ski boots. Um, maybe that's taken place in a couple years. But it's certainly one of the most important conversations for 2023. So every Blister member, go to the Blister member clubhouse section on our website. Check out this conversation if you really want to be in the know about where we are with BOA and where the ski boot industry is headed. Uh, Christoph and Tom and Matt were all terrific. And I'm really proud of the conversation that we put together here. I knew all three of them were great, uh, but it really came off in a way that I think is incredibly informative. And it's information that I just don't think is really available anywhere else in the world. So I also want to say shout out to the Blister members who were asking questions. They asked some very good ones. So thanks to all of you. And um, man, this was kind of a high watermark for me in terms of some of the conversations we are having and will continue to have over on that Blister Happy Hour. Another thing we should say, if you are not currently a Blister member, well, you can become one and then you will have access to all past Blister Happy Hour conversations. So it's not too late to go check out this conversation we had earlier this week. Finally, I skied perfect pow the last two days. This is kind of remarkable because when I was in Austria a year ago, uh, well, today I skied at Salkensee. I skied there a year ago and was skiing in this driving rain with about zero visibility. And this time around, it was perfect bluebird both yesterday and today, and we were literally each lap just skiing untracked lines of perfect, what I would describe as perfect Rocky Mountain powder. It was light, it was dry, it was fluffy as hell, and I came to Austria and ended up spending two full days on the Atomic Ben Shetler 120. And I just thought for sure that I was going to be on some like sub 70 millimeter wide carvers this trip. It turned out the Ben Shetler 120 was absolutely the right ski for what we got to ski the last couple of days. Um, so that was amazing. I should say the other day I got to ski for the first time ever at Obertauern, which is an incredibly cool ski area. And once again, I'll, I'll try to get some pictures up of this, but perfect, perfect bluebird, just skiing repeated lines of untracked powder. And um, y'all know that the mountains in Austria are cool, but being here with perfect visibility, getting to see this sea of mountains out there, it's just wonderful and about as good as it gets, I think when it comes to the sport of skiing. So um, I couldn't be happier and more grateful for the conditions, for being over here again, 
for getting to have some incredible conversations with very passionate, sharp people. We'll be rolling out some more of those conversations on our podcasts. And um, anyway, a whole lot to be grateful for. But it is now 1 a.m. As I said, I should probably get a few hours of sleep because it's time to head back to Crested Butte now. So that's the next step. So anyway, that is what we are celebrating this week. And that brings us to the end of this edition of Gear 30. I want to say thanks, of course, to Sean Humbert for the conversation. And again, looking forward to seeing a lot of you at the Blister Summit to hear an update on Blister Labs and what we're doing. And I'm really looking forward to as many people as possible getting to meet Sean, go ski with Sean, and meet the rest of our Blister Labs team. So that's it, folks. That's what we've got. I'm going to actually go to bed. Uh, I would like to thank the strikingly handsome Justin Bob for producing this episode. And I guess I should also say, in case you somehow missed it, J-Bob actually was the host of our Crafted podcast where he interviewed me about watches. And yes, this was very much an amateur hour edition of our Crafted podcast. But if you haven't listened to that yet, I have a hunch you're going to enjoy it. So I hope you do. And so, yeah, this wide, weird world of watches is uh, another rabbit hole that I've kind of found myself down and kind of trying to figure out this whole. So anyway, folks, that's it. If you are still enjoying these Gear 30 conversations we've been having Here's just a little reminder, go ahead and leave us that rating or review in Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Part of this is because I actually really want to go snowboarding this winter. And what will force me to do that is, as some of you know, if we get to those 750 ratings of Gear 30, I guess technically the rules are that's 750 ratings in Apple Podcasts, then I have to get on a board. Except I really want to get on a board now, so help me out here and um, let's get to 750 ratings in Apple Podcasts and um, we'll go make another Crash Course video where you will probably get to see me hurt myself, but hopefully have some fun on a board before that happens. So anyway, folks, that's it. And I'm going to go ahead and sign off now from here in Austria. Talk to you all soon.